Thank you for listening to CFB Talks Digital Assets. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. It is not intended, nor should it be considered an invitation or inducement to buy or sell any of the underlying instruments cited, including, but not limited to, crypto assets, financial instruments, or any instruments that reference any index provided by CF Benchmarks Limited. This recording is not intended to persuade or incite you to buy or sell a security or securities noted within. Any commentary, interviews, and discussions are opinions only and should not be considered a personalized recommendation. Please contact your financial advisor or professional before making any investment decision. Some of the underlying instruments cited within this recording may be restricted to certain customer categories in certain jurisdictions. You're listening to CFB Talks Digital Assets, the home of informed conversation about crypto for institutions building the future of finance, presented by CF Benchmarks. I'm Ken O'Delaga, Head of Content, and I'm joined by Gabe Selby, our Lead Research Analyst. Hi guys, thanks for joining us for the first episode of CFB Talks Digital Assets. I'm Ken, Head of Content. My name's Gabe, Lead Research Analyst. And uh, this is the time of the week uh, when we spend about 10 or 15 minutes and we talk about everything related to crypto and digital assets from the perspective of a regulated benchmark administrator, which is what CF Benchmarks is. is. So Gabe, over the last um, several weeks, apart from this week, we've been marveling at the lack of severe and aggressive price action in the markets with large cap digital assets like Bitcoin actually outperforming uh, in terms of, uh, you know, placidity at least, sort of established markets like tech indexes like NASDAQ. Um, but of course, over the last few days, there's been a rude reawakening of this volatility. And what has that been down to? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. So before the recent turmoil, we were experiencing some really historically low levels of volatility for cryptocurrencies, digital assets and the like. In fact, they were, uh, you know, lower than regular traditional risky assets and even some of the safer assets like uh, interest rate volatility. So it was a very kind of interesting, kind of short-lived, you know, moment for for digital assets to be in this benign environment. But now we've certainly um, entered a new unfortunate phase where a major cryptocurrency exchange uh, appears to be having a liquidity crunch. And this has caused this exchange, FTX, to either face bankruptcy or raise cash from investors, which is where we're at right now. You know, this has caused significant price action to the downside for for digital assets. And I think, you know, even though we're getting somewhat of a relief rally right now, it's going to be fair to say that this is going to take a little bit of time for it to shake, shake out going forward. And uh, it could be quite a setback for the industry overall. Sure, sure. And um, I think one of the main focus points um, for this, um, we, you know, obviously we can't dig too deeply into the weeds of uh, this current crisis because of, you know, time constraints. One of the main focus points of this, if we can sort of like talk about that, is um, one entity which is closely related to FTX, the exchange, an outfit called Alameda Research, which I understand is a sort of hedge fund stroke market maker stroke, all of those type of magical things which tend to happen on the back end of uh, large capital markets, but of course in the crypto world. Can you explain a little bit more about that and how that has played into the situation? Yeah, that's really critical because when we look at how this kind of started, it was really about a report that disclosed how much of um, Alameda Research, which is the hedge fund arm, 
or the hedge fund operating entity that's in Sam Bankman Fried's crypto empire, essentially, was holding you know a lot of um, FTT token, which is FTX's exchange token that unlocks certain user uh, perks, benefits. And it's actually a very illiquid token. Um, but once the news broke that this really kind of was the you know, a big chunk of the balance sheet, we really started to see a lot of pressure on FTT token, which I think ran a lot of the liquidity out of Alameda Research. And now news reports, unfortunately, are indicating that FTX, the exchange, was providing liquidity for Alameda Research in this time, which is, you know, when we think about what we want to see from a, a good exchange practices, it's it's not really there. So that's, in a nutshell, kind of what's led to this death spiral for FTX and uh, created all this turmoil in the markets that we see today. We're going to get back to that a little bit later. But before that, I'm going to throw a curveball to you. This is crypto after all. You know, we're talking about these dire times and, you know, they are pretty bad. But I'm looking at the uh, price of Bitcoin now by means of the CMECF Bitcoin Real-Time Index, the only regulated institutionally liquid price of Bitcoin. Um, and it's $17,379 and a few cents, but it's trading up almost 8% on the day. What the hell's going on? It's been a little bit of a lifeline that we, uh, we've we seen here in uh, in markets. So what happened earlier, if, if you were to look at like candlestick chart, you'll see this really big expansion to the upside um, around, you know, 8.30 New York time or Eastern time. Um, what happened was the US released their latest inflation numbers. So the numbers actually came in much cooler than anticipated. So this is something that has been driving a lot of the price action throughout this year in digital assets and risky assets of the like, it's because you've seen this really relentless inflationary pressure in developed market economies that has led to a lot of uh, financial conditionings tightening through uh, central bank rate hikes. So whenever you get a, a little bit of news that's indicating that, okay, you know, inflation might be turning a corner, we might be seeing things, you know, continue to roll over, risky assets tend to like that. And that includes Bitcoin. Yeah. We may revisit that in a second. But, um, you know, we are a regulated benchmark administrator. And um, the price that I gave initially, uh, CMECF Bitcoin Real-Time Index, it's a uh, sister index, the Bitcoin reference rate, again, the most uh, liquid uh, institutional price, settled um, hundreds of uh, millions of dollars worth of Bitcoin derivatives. It is the flagship price, but it's not the only one. Um, let's uh, have a price check for the Ether US dollar real-time index, currently trading at 1,283 odd, and it's up about 11% for the same reasons or similar reasons as Gabe explained earlier. Finally, I'll look at um, the Solana index, which is um, the index of a coin which is closely related to FTX due to uh, sort of uh, investments from the FTX group and FTX group of companies. Again, this has been really battered in the last few days because for obvious reasons, and uh, currently the CMECF Solana dollar real-time index is trading up at 26% at $17. Gabe, I thought I want to sort of like really zero in on one major point that um, should be of interest to anyone, of course, in the market, but is of course inter of interest to us. Where does FTX stand, if at all, within the CF benchmarks ecosystem of considering uh, exchanges? I think it doesn't, right? And um, what are the main reasons for that? Unfortunately, or in this case, fortunately, you know, we were able to kind of sidestep that because we do have these criteria that every constituent exchange has to meet if they are going to be providing pricing into our reference rates. 
So with FTX, you know, there was a there was a couple of things that were kind of tripping them up to qualify, and that would really fall along the transparency side of things, as long as with the the domicile being an offshore uh, crypto exchange also disqualifies them. So we put these safeguards in place. So we have the most robust guardrails uh, that's protecting quality uh, data that's going to be influencing our reference rates or that develops our reference rates. So um, this is exactly what we strive for when we're when we need to be a, a leading benchmark provider. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, it may be remarkable to a lot of people that, um, on some measures, one of the biggest cryptocurrency exchanges in the world, I think the biggest cryptocurrency exchange in the world on some measures, was not a, is not a contributor to any of our indices. And that shows that there are no exceptions. Uh, there's no way to buy your way in. Basically, the process is incorruptible, right? And for good reason. And that's why we're able to continually provide a reliable, accurate index that has the utmost market integrity. Right, I want to go back uh, just before we round off things, uh, Gabe, to that macro data and those macroeconomic influences, those all important ones. What's on your radar next um, on that front? I think from a technical standpoint, I'm going to be looking closely at uh, futures positioning. I think this is really important, especially after you get such a kind of a big shakeout event like that we've seen these past few days. So I'm going to be focusing on the CME Bitcoin futures, which is powered by our BR index and see how institutions are positioning themselves, how, how they're positioning, you know, net long, net short, what's going on with the open interest trends. And that's going to kind of give me some clues on, on, you know, how much of this price action that we're seeing today is being driven up either by exasperated positioning or, or vice versa. So um, on the macro side, you know, we've got this, this data point today, which is just, again, one data point, which was good. But we're going to have to continue to see uh, continued improvements on the inflationary side before we can definitively say, okay, now the Federal Reserve or other central banks are going to start to kind of downshift their hawkish monetary policy stance. So it's a good step forward. We shouldn't discount that, but we still have a ways to go when core inflation is still printing, you know, above uh, 6%. So, you know, something to keep in mind. Sure. So, uh, one swallow doesn't make a spring the end of crypto winter right so we've reached the end of this current episode but we will see you again next week for more of the same about digital assets and digital asset markets once again i'm ken head of content and i was ably accompanied by gabe selby head of research and we'll see you next week see you all